The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus told his disciples a parable. Can a blind guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take out the speck in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. The Gospel of the Lord. Today we begin reading from St. Paul's first letter to Timothy. This was written by Paul in the mid-60s AD. It's an important letter, and it has much to say about the nature of our church and how we are saved. Notice how it begins. From Paul, an apostle to Timothy, my loyal child. Right there we know that Timothy is considered a spiritual child of Paul. Paul considers himself a spiritual father. Paul ordained Timothy to the priesthood, and Timothy later became the first bishop of Ephesus. An important statement here because sometimes we hear the criticism that priests should not be called father, and they quote Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus says, Call no one your father on earth, for you have one father in heaven. That verse in Matthew's Gospel had a particular context. It was addressed to the Pharisees, who considered themselves to be above anyone else, and they wanted to be seen as holy and righteous in the marketplace, to be recognized, to be called teacher and rabbi. But Paul knows that context. That's why he considered himself a spiritual father and had no difficulty calling himself that, because in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, he says to the whole community, In Jesus Christ, I became your father through the gospel. And there's many other quotes like that. So that's the first point in this opening few verses. We also see that throughout the first and second letter of Paul to Timothy, there's a transmission of teaching. Timothy is of the second generation. He's the second link in a chain of apostolic succession that stretches from the apostles to our present-day bishops because Timothy himself was a bishop. There's also a sense in the transmission of tradition, the oral teaching, because in the second letter of Paul to Timothy, Paul says to him, you then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ. And what you have heard from me before many witnesses, entrust or hand on to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So there we have a transmission, a handing on of the oral teaching of Paul to Timothy, then Timothy to others who will hand it on to others. And that's how we get the transmission of our teaching tradition of the Catholic Church. 
Finally, there's a mention in the opening verses of today's first reading. Paul says to Timothy, my loyal child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Notice the order of those three words. First, there's grace. This is how we are brought into the faith, into salvation. It's God's work. God initiates by sending us grace, not only at the beginning, but at the whole process of our justification until the very end. The very first communication of grace, we have that choice of cooperating or not. When we do cooperate, which means we repent of our sins, then God forgives and grants us mercy. That's the second thing that Paul says, grace, mercy, and peace. So once we've been justified by God's grace, we cooperate, we receive mercy, forgiveness of sins, we're given sanctifying grace, and we have peace. That's in a nutshell, those three words summarize the whole process of our Christian lives, and we're very grateful for that. Paul goes on to say, I am grateful to Jesus Christ, who has strengthened me because he judged me faithful and appointed me to be his service. Here we have what's called growth in holiness or sanctification. So Paul is thanking God for building him up, strengthening him in the faith, and calling him to be a disciple, a follower. And that's our call as well. Once we're brought into the faith, we're justified by God's grace, given mercy, we're called to make a decision and follow as a disciple and do the very work of God, as Paul did. And Paul says, even though I previously was a blasphemer, a persecutor, a man of violence. So God chooses those who think they are totally outside the realm of being saved, and he saves them. Paul goes on to say, I acted ignorantly in unbelief. There's the whole Catholic teaching of invincible ignorance. When Paul was a rabbi, he thought he was doing God's will in arresting Christians, persecuting them, because he thought Christianity was a dangerous heresy. But once God showed him that grace gave him mercy, Paul now recognizes he acted in invincible ignorance, and Christ had mercy on him. This is beautiful, because now we're given this grace and this mercy. So let us be at peace, and as the psalmist says, I shall bless the Lord who gives me counsel, who instructs me, I shall not be moved. In this day and age when everything else seems to be in motion, not very solid, we stand in the faith. And it's because of what Paul did, he taught the faith of Timothy, who taught it to his successor, and so on, till we have the teaching office of the church today, part of which is this Mass, in which we will receive Christ Jesus' real presence coming into us in a beautiful way. Let us be grateful, stand firm, and be at peace.